Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I had a whole bunch of people send me this story. Thank you very much. I also got it from the Institute for Justice because I'm on their mailing list as well. <laughs> it's a press release from the Institute for Justice for immediate release. Rochester woman, Rochester, New York. Rochester woman gets money back after police seized it without suspecting her of a crime. And uh, she will fight for the payments of interest. So she got her money back. She wants interest on that. Because she could have put the money in the bank and, and made money while she was sitting on it like you were. So give her the interest. So on January 23rd, the Drug Enforcement Administration returned $8,040 to a Rochester, New York woman whose money was taken by law enforcement in October of 2020. They've had her money since 2020 without ever charging her with a crime. Uh, she's been represented here by the Institute for Justice. She's now seeking interest payments. For the more than three years, she was without her money, and that she planned to invest in her mobile food cart business. Here's one of the things I will tell you. I've mentioned before that civil asset forfeiture, uh, one of the reasons they can often get away with it is that people won't sue for a quote-unquote small amount of money, like $8,000, because to hire an attorney to fight this in federal court would probably cost you more than $8,000. Actually, in any court, it would probably cost you more than $8,000. And they know that, so they figure, hey, no one in their right mind is going to take us on. So the Institute for Justice steps up and goes, we're not doing it for the money. We're doing it for the principal. We're here to fight this because it's a good fight. And suddenly they throw the money back at her and go, go away, go away. And she says, no, I want my interest. <laughs> and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but Stephen Laura, who is the Marine whose money was taken by the side of the road a while back, uh, when the Institute for Justice took his case on, uh, they gave his money back very, very quickly, very, very quickly. And then they said, okay, well, you drop your lawsuit now because he had retained the Institute for Justice. And he said, no, thank you. We're going to pursue this. We're going to continue pursuing this. And I actually talked to Stephen yesterday. I talked to him yesterday. Gave me a call out of the blue because <laughs> I met him at the retreat with the Institute for Justice last fall out in California. Really, really nice guy. I cannot emphasize enough how nice of a guy he is. And I had several great conversations with him. I had dinner sitting next to him one evening. And we talked the entire thing. I hope he doesn't mind, but I just peppered him with questions because he spent time in the military also, and I'm fascinated by that. So um, in this story, the woman whose money was taken says, I'm incredibly happy to have my money back, but I also deserve to be paid interest. The last three years without my hard-earned money have been incredibly difficult for me and ruined my plans of expanding my food cart business. Who knows where I'd be right now if this never happened to me? Now, I'd like to receive some justice. And that's the thing. They take money from you and then three years later give it back to you. Go, okay, we've made you whole. No, the person was without their money for three years. They deserve something for that. So in October of 2020, Rochester police executed two different search warrants for homes that they believed were related to the woman's then boyfriend, who they suspected of breaking the law. The first was a home owned by the boyfriend's mother, where apparently they'd find some contraband. The second was this woman's apartment, where they found nothing. They found nothing, but they found the woman, her grandnephew, and her then-boyfriend, and the $8,040 that was hers. The money was hers. And they said, oh, we'll take that, thank you. So her ex was acquitted, by the way, of all charges, because they did charge him, and he was acquitted on all charges. And this woman here, his name is Crystal, was never arrested, nor charged with anything. Not arrested, not charged. Police still seized her personal vehicle, 
her work vehicle, and her money. Now, she got the vehicles back, but the money was sent to the DEA for civil forfeiture. We've talked about this before. If the locals get involved in an arrest, uh, and uh, some kind of law enforcement action, they'll often send the money off to the feds, who then send most of it back. But by doing that little dipsy-doodle there, you're forced to sue the feds. Here, it was the Rochester police who executed the warrants. The Rochester police execute the warrants, take the money, give it to the DEA, and then the DEA kicks it back as part of an equitable sharing program. And that, of course, forces you to sue the DEA. And the feds have got deeper pockets than the local police department, although they got deep pockets too. So the money was sent to the DEA for civil forfeiture through the equitable sharing program. Civil forfeiture allows law enforcement to take money or property it suspects is involved in a crime without ever charging or even accusing the owner of committing a crime. They can also take money that they think is about to be used in a crime. So they can say, oh, we know you haven't committed a crime yet. You were about to commit a crime. We're preventing a future crime. So after the DEA received the money, the agency sent the woman a notice explaining how she could contest the forfeiture because it would cost half of the money that was seized just to hire a lawyer. She attempted to navigate the system alone. She followed every step along the way and was in constant contact with the U.S. District Court of the Western District of New York, but she did miss one paperwork deadline, and she was told, oh, that's it, you're done. Your money's been permanently forfeited. Permanently forfeited. So in America, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. But our civil forfeiture system flips that basic principle on its head, said IJ Senior Attorney Paul Sherman. You shouldn't need a team of lawyers proving your innocence to get something back that police took from you without any due process. April of 2022, Crystal teamed up with the IJ to file an appeal with the second U.S. Circuit Court asking for her day in front of a judge to fight the forfeiture. In August of 23, the Court of Appeals ruled that she was entitled to her day in court, prompting the DEA to simply return the money rather than defend its actions. This is a good sign. I know many of you are going to say, but Steve should have jumped through all kinds of hoops to get there. But the real thing here is that as soon as a court said she gets her day in court, and oh, by the way, the Institute for Justice, we understand you're representing her. (laughs) The defendants roll over and give her money back. And it used to be they fought everything to the bitter end, trying to teach people a lesson. Now it turns out they're not fighting them all the bitter end if they think they're going to lose. Now, unfortunately, the average person doesn't have the wherewithal that the Institute for Justice has. However, they're helping as many people as they can in situations like this. And every time a story like this gets publicized, people learn about this. And I still, to this day, meet people who've never heard of civil asset forfeiture. And I was out to dinner with friends this past Saturday night. And we were talking about what we've been up to lately. And my friend said, oh, I understand you've got a YouTube channel. What do you talk about? <laughs> I said, well, I talk about the law and news and cars, you know, stuff in the news that I, 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 can, I can talk about. And I said, that, you know, I find it interesting. And I said, but one popular topic, for instance, is civil asset forfeiture. And they're like, oh, do tell. What's that? So I explained it to them. And they're looking at me. That, that happens in America. Yes. Yes. Since when? Is this new? No, it's been around a long time. But does it happen often? Yes, it happens often. They seize billions of dollars this way. $8,000 at a time. (laughs) So every time a story like this hits the news, one more person hears about it. 
We got to get the word out so everybody knows about it and that everybody's ticked off. Another viewer, and I apologize for not knowing your name. Um, I meant to write it down here, but I didn't. But another viewer sent me a letter that he got from his congressperson. And he had sent a very, very nice letter to his congressperson saying, I am a voter in your district, and I'm very concerned about civil asset forfeiture. I understand that there's some legislation on the table that could be passed to, to resolve that and make it go away. I want you to know that I am in favor of you signing that legislation, doing what you can to get it to pass. And the viewer sent me a note, said, Steve, here's the response I got. And it was actually a, uh, a photograph of the full letter, okay? I'm going to summarize what it said. And it said, dear concerned voter, I've read your letter with great interest and concern. I am concerned about your rights as an individual in America. But I'm also concerned about law enforcement. And there are two sides to every situation. And I have to study both sides before I make a decision. Now, I have not made a decision yet, but I do understand the importance of constitutional rights. But I also understand the importance of law enforcement. And civil asset forfeiture is a tool in the toolbox of law enforcement. So just to let you know, I thank you for your letter. I've received your letter, but um, I'll make a decision down the road. And so there are still people in Washington who are saying that civil asset forfeiture, even if it tramples on your rights, can still be a good thing because it's a law enforcement tool. See? Yeah, do you understand that a whole bunch of those pesky amendments at the end of the Constitution were put there to rein in or check the powers of law enforcement? Can you imagine if somebody said, hey, let's ignore the Fourth Amendment because a great tool of law enforcement is searching places and searching things and searching people's papers. So let's do away with these pesky warrants because they just get in the way of law enforcement. Law enforcement was one of the things that the drafters of the Bill of Rights were thinking about when they drafted the amendments. That's what one of the major things they're thinking about was intrusion by law enforcement. Now, many people say, well, mostly it's aimed at the government and government overreach. Uh, yes, and much of the overreach of government is through the auspices of law enforcement. So... That is something to think about, but be aware of the fact that many Congress people are aware of those attempts to rein this in and don't care. And what she should have written in her letter to the constituent instead was, you know something, we get a lot of money doing that, and we really need that money, so we're not going to make it go away. Sorry, and see if enough of your friends vote against me to get rid of me. But that's not what she wrote. That's not what she wrote. So I'm going to mention, as I always do, the Institute for Justice does great work. I love them. I think they do the work that other people can't afford to do. And so I'm going to put their link in the description below. Please visit their site. Check out the work they do. Bookmark their page. And if you can find it in your heart, donate. They're a nonprofit that operates entirely on the generosity of people donating to them who support what they do ij.org. So here's the story. Rochester woman gets money back after police seized it without suspecting her of a crime. And now she's fighting to get interest payments on that money. And I hope she wins. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law.
Everything has beauty, but not everyone sees it.